HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food and beverage radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil them rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm David Bolte. I'm Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Boys are back. Welcome back, everybody. Ah, thanks. Yeah, two-week break. Uh, yeah. I didn't do anything. Greg, did you do anything? <laughs> uh, I did a couple things. I mean, a lot of a lot of booze news happened while we were gone. Um, you know, uh, Tip Creep, according to the Wall Street Journal, is apparently uh, showing up at self-checkout screens. Uh, Sunny D launched a sparkling mm. vodka brand. Uh, <laughs> yes. The New York Times ran a couple of really gross-looking mint juleps in their food section for the Kentucky Derby. But I think the big thing that we need to do uh, is the uh, what I did on my spring break show and tell is uh, hear about Damon, because apparently, while while some of us were holding down the fort over here, you were on a pretty epic trip. Yeah, I was on my honeymoon. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was uh, almost two and a half weeks. Pretty, pretty awesome. Just lots of food drinking as uh, to be expected and one just does. in different places, you know? Um, yeah, started off, we played, my band played uh, the Lone Wolf Coyotes. Um, the, uh, we played the Stagecoach Festival down in Joshua Tree. So, so you Jamie took the and band I, on the honeymoon is what I'm getting here? Well, okay. So that, that <laughs> it's was kind of a group kind of, wedding sort of situation. It's, it's, yeah. it's not a cult, Southern. It's totally yeah, different. Okay, right, okay. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there were few sacrifices, but <laughs> you know, but not human or animal. Otherwise, just time. Anyway, um, we went down and played a show. Uh, so Jamie and I went down to Palm Springs on the Friday night. Uh, we stayed in Joshua Tree for Saturday, Sunday. The band played on Sunday. Then we actually started our honeymoon. So we flew to Zurich for one night only. Um, there's a great bar uh, in Zurich called Old Crow. They call it Old Crow. Um, it's cute, uh, but it's a really, really amazing bar. Um, I'll, it reminded me a lot of Moria Margo, except oh. all spirits, you know, and a lot of vintage stuff there as well. I took some videos and photos. I'll send them over to you. Um, but it was really cool. I want to spend more time in Switzerland. Uh, it was actually a long layover on our way to Santorini, Greece. We were there for three nights. Uh, it's a little windy, a little rainy, um, but it was really beautiful uh, and relaxing. We were super jet lagged at that right. point, so... We just kind of hung out and 
then we uh, went to Florence for three nights. Florence is my favorite city. As I was saying before the honeymoon, my favorite city so far, and it remains my favorite city. Uh, Jamie had never been. Uh, it's her favorite city now as well. Just It's one of those places where, first of all, great cocktail bars and, and restaurants, but it's, you know, as far as the art museum, Renaissance, you know, like it's, it's great. But there's also, it, I don't know, I've never gone to a city where I just immediately have felt, I've been there several times. I've never gone to a city where I feel so comfortable immediately when I land there. And that's unique for a foreign country, you know? But, and there's also a, a Gucci restaurant and a Gucci bar, and uh, it was right next to our, our apartment, so we were spending a lot of time there. Um, anyway, <laughs> then we uh, we left there and went to San Sebastian, Spain. Uh, One of my was, favorite cities in the world. Yeah, I, you know, it took us a, a minute to figure out the uh, the kind of flow of uh, going into the tapas bars and ordering pinchos, because people are pretty, uh, pretty ruthless there. You got to... It's almost like, uh, like a Black Friday me, sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like kind of reminded me of like getting on the subway. Uh, it was like it's like you know, there's a line here. People are waiting to get in, but people just like kind of like edge your way in. So once we figured out the the kind of flow, it was great. And we went to uh, we went to Arzac. Um, I will say that that was a great experience. I got to meet the 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 mom, you know, sorry, the dad and daughter duo, you know. Uh, got a picture uh, with them as well. So send that to you as well. Um, but then, you know, Arzac was great, but Barnester, man, Jesus Christ. That's the thing, right? Didn't get the tortilla, um, oh. but, but that's okay because we got the steak. And that's probably one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. I mean, yeah. it's definitely top three. Yeah, um, gorgeous, gorgeous. The the marbling, uh, the, the sort of yellow colored fat, like just right. unbelievable. Gold. It's like goldenrod. Yes. And it, and it's on a sizzling platter, so you can kind of uh, continue cooking it if you just turn it on it uh, each slice. And there's like, it's what a cool thing. And you're standing there. Yeah. Remember when like prime meats back in the uh -huh. day before that's, we had bar stools? That's it. You, you would stand and eat like you would order Cote de Boeuf by the ounce, and you'd order like two two hundred ounces of Cote de Boeuf and just stand and eat steak, and it was yeah. the greatest experience. And that Barnester is now, uh, you know up there with that they're they're together uh you know pretty much on the same level but I'm, yeah it was, I'm really it was really cool. glad i'm really really glad you went that's that's easily kind of my favorite experience in what is probably my favorite city but yeah and, and you know we we went more than once nice <laughs> we probably went like three or four times but we went to uh Gambara, uh which is you know one of bourdain's favorite places but they also have another here's a little pro tip if you're in san sebastian Gambara can you know get a lot of uh long lines long weights but just a block away there's another spot called tamboril and that's actually owned by Gambara. it's all the same food but without the crowd so pro tip for you and then also there's one cocktail bar in all of old town san sebastian that we found it's called aran a-r-r-a-u-n and it it's an incredible place reminded me a lot of death and company with the back bar that's like really tall and almost like a cliffside, you know, like the way the bottles kind of cascade. It was a lot like that. And uh, it's just it, like half a block from our hotel and really incredible. But, the, you know, I think the thing to me about all of this, the, the reason why I even bring up any of this stuff, I mean, because our honeymoon, you know, we didn't do a lot of touristy stuff. We just ate and drank our way through 
all of these countries. And that's right. Just, I feel like, you know, people who listen to the show understand that, but that's the, that's the best way to get into a culture is by other food. So just eat your way through wherever you are. <laughs> and yeah, uh, <laughs> I totally agree. And I think, uh, you know, the way to, the way to understand a culture is definitely through its food. And now, uh, with the, you know, in, innovative bars that are out there that are doing things like taking food and making it into drinks, like they do at Double Chicken Please. How, how about that segue, boys? Yeah, that was good. I was, um, I was setting it. you up, man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Teed it up. Um, so today uh, on the show, we're very excited to have um, number one on the 50 best North American bars list, uh, Double Chicken Please's uh, Jian Chan and Fei Chin. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Speakeasy, guys. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so Absolutely. excited to have you on and talk about the program that you that you operate over there at Double Chicken Please right here in New York City. Um, and and again, I'm sure you're still uh, glowing from the high of your recent um, number one position at Double uh, at 50 Best North America, which was just held in Mexico a couple weeks ago. Um, how was that trip for you guys? That trip it was, was good, uh, but... definitely <laughs> it was <laughs> definitely an amazing trip. Um, like we didn't uh, really prepare ourselves to be you know, receive this award, this high ranking. We just thought like, you know, we go to this little town and then it seems so pretty, you know, we want to have some tacos and some, you know, street food or, or something, you know, some little parties. That's, you know, how we head into the city. But then it turns out it was a very magical uh, experience uh, when we received the number one rankings and then we saw like these two giant big i think it's mexican like a traditional really big big doll that they like, mimic me and jean's face on a really oh yeah doll. <laughs> yeah in the party i don't know if you guys saw the picture that was the craziest thing i ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah so overall it was a really magical and very excited um trip did you know yeah, because- they were going to make those dolls or did you kind of come in and just look at them and be like that one looks kind of familiar <laughs> No, we definitely don't. Uh, just like I walk into the crowd and I was like, wait a minute, that looks like Jian because Jian's very easy to recognize the hair, you know, yeah, the, the hair, hair yeah. and then the, the, the beard and everything. And I was like, that looks kind of like you. But the other the other one is a girl with long hair. I do have a long hair, but now I, like, I dye my hair, so it's not a black hair. Anyways, yeah, I was just like, hmm, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> but the other one's definitely Jian. Yeah. Right, because, uh, yeah. you know, I've been on the 50 best list myself uh, for Mori Margo in the past, and you, you get told you're on the list, but they don't tell you where until the ceremony. So how were you feeling when it got down to, like, 25 and they hadn't called your name yet, or 15 or 10, like, just building, 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 right? Yeah, I mean, uh, last year we were ranking number 17. So this year we – honestly, me and Faye was like, is it is, – there any improvement that'll be great uh, even drop it is fine we just uh do our best and then just uh you know write and grind every day do whatever we believe because honestly it, we are a very young team we only mm-hmm. open for two and a half years and a lot of people with us has been two years and then a lot of people with us is actually this is their first hospitality job because when we open in the middle of covid a lot of people switch in their job so they joined Double Chicken Please as their first hospitality job. So uh, it's a really green, really young team. Uh, we also just feel like, yeah, that just, 
do our best and then do whatever we believe and then what we want to offer to all the audience, all the people who come in Double Chicken, please. So to receive all this ranking recognition, we are really thankful and grateful to have this opportunity. But in the in on the other hand, we also like, wow, this is so fast. Like we need to make sure everybody is, you know, keep their head down, humble and really like know there's still a long way to go to really know there's still a lot of work we need to do and need to to keep polishing, um, not just to live on this ranking, but also embrace it, but also share the joy with everybody in the industry. And hopefully we can make a little bit you know, positive energy to everybody who supported yeah, us. That's great. I mean, you, you guys did, your first several months were, were during the part of COVID where it was lockdown. There was no indoor service at all. Right, you had to. You started. Yeah. You started with no guests inside. Exactly. The first, basically, the first six months, it was very tough. It's, it's all almost no revenue for a long time. Yeah, a really, a, a really difficult way to begin. Um, and what you said there about your team being green and their first experience with hospitality. Um, talk a little bit about that. Is that you? You find that to be advantageous, like? You're not having to rip out any bad wiring and rewire someone. You can wire them the way you want from the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think it's yes and no. I mean, I think of course without uh, hospitality experience, sometimes people tend to you know uh, don't know really how to gauge what's hospitality. You know how how to be hospitable and certain language we want to use in the restaurant, in, in the bar, um, they take a little bit of time to pick it up. But once they pick it up, I think it's great, you know, because they don't have that much bad habit. They just like stick with the thing we think that will work and, and just keep encouraging them to keep polishing it and try to find their own way to express themselves. So overall, I think it's great. It, it takes a little more time. Also, we have a really diverse team. We have 27 people all from different, uh, we have, I think, seven or eight different nationality, five or six different languages. So it's a very diverse team. So sometimes we also find uh, it's not the easiest way to to run a team. And a lot of things, because everybody interpretate different way. So we need a lot of communication, a lot of team building to make sure everybody is aligned with uh, all the stuff we, we do. So it takes time, but um, I'm... I'm grateful to have this opportunity and happy with it. Yeah, it sounds like you're almost, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the strategy is almost prioritize people who seem like they really care a lot about hospitality and the guest experience and are really enthusiastic about what you're trying to build over someone who comes in and is like, you know, I won, you know, best Ramos at this competition at this place at one time and like you know I can I can quadruple stir and all this stuff like it seems like you're you're almost prioritizing people who are um who have that passion and that enthusiasm over people who come in and are you know have a three page CV of like all of the like these are all the drinks I can make you know <laughs> yeah I mean. Yeah, Faye, do you want I to think we we are we are both working in this industry for a very long time, and then uh, this is the first place that me and Jian actually work together. You know, but we collecting all our experience from before. We kind of know that okay, what kind of people that we're looking for is someone who will, you know, share the same value as us. Because I believe deeply, believe that skill is something that you can learn, you can practice, you can always get more, but 
you know, that kind of synergy between us and them, you know, be- everybody between this brand and all our coworkers, it's something that hard to, you know, hard to build. It will be harder than building a new skill, you know. So, like, that's what we believe. So we only, for example, like we only hire full time. You know, it's not a very easy easy thing to happen in New York City because everyone's kind of have like two or three jobs. You know, like two days here, three days there. You know, but for us, it's like if it's not full time, it's really hard for us to do uh, the training in our own way, in our timeline. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, so that's why. Uh, it gets a little harder on our end, but we still believe this will work one day. Yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about because you said you were saying that this is the first time that that the two of you have actually collaborated on a project. I'd love to hear sort of your your origin story, your your genesis creation myth of how the two of you got together and and uh, dreamed up this concept. Yeah, it's a. It wasn't an easy journey. I'll be honest, <laughs> it wasn't an easy journey. We almost killed each other many, many times. <laughs> but uh, it's in there. Yeah, we we know each other for quite a while, for like twelve years. And the first bar in Taiwan, I I work, uh, that was um, because Faye was moving up to another bar, so I joined the bar. I have no experience, and but we got to know each other, and since then we become friends. I always talk about our dream. Um, cocktail culture, about the cocktail we want to make. You know, at the beginning, we're just two bartenders that are really eager to make a good drink and have fun with guests. You know, just that's just, when we are young, that's just the only thing we care. And, but all, all the way till today, I think a lot of things become, how can we pass down the experience? How can we, you know, keep polishing and keep forming of a, a team together? Uh, and face way and my way, because we are two different person too. We have we, we share similar background from Taiwan, but we also have very different kind of way to, to do things. Uh, we also have different forte. Like I, I studied design. I come from a performing like magician background. So I, I'm more like, I like to show. I like to give people a show. I like to like, uh, you know, really kind with people, really like uh, give people chances and then, a lot of things is slightly different from what Faye, how Faye grew up. She's a little more sharp, more direct, and she's a little bit more uh, organized, way more organized than me. So we have a different strength. So we try to utilize that as well when we are managing a team or when, when even we are you know, reaching out to the world, to the brand or to any opportunity because we have different strength. So we utilize uh, our time differently on different projects just to you know, more efficiently to make things happen. Uh, so, for example, most of the thing, if it's tour, uh, no matter is to different country, to different opportunity, usually I take care of the conversation at the beginning. But is everything that goes back in double chicken, please, uh, relate to operation, relate to like strategy, uh, that leave it to Faye. And we, we, we all discuss that every single day and then we make sure we all on the same page and make sure this is the way we want to try for now. We stay flexible. I mean, at the beginning, we were not flexible. You know, when business is not making any money, when it, it, you don't see the future, there's no there's no flexibility. Everybody just stick with their own way <clears throat> because that's the only thing you know it will make it work. But at least now the team and the business is slightly better and it's more stable. So we, we are more flexible now too, but I think that just naturally comes to this uh, this stage that we finally 
we believe each other more, and then we also believe in our team more, and we give more flexibility, and then try to see what works, what doesn't, and a lot of trial and error. Yeah, basically. That's yeah. the uh, you got to learn from your mistakes, you know, and that's uh, I know that uh, Southers talked about that a lot about you know like because he opens up a new bar every week, and uh, <laughs> so he's like you got to try it all, but you know it's every every moment's a lesson, you know whether it's good or bad. So like, it's good that you uh, are paying attention to that, you know? Yeah. And being, you know, absolutely. And being flexible, you know, I always say work, your plan your work, work your plan, be flexible. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to, we need to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, but I want to come back and hear a little bit about how the both of you were winners of Bacardi legacy at some point, correct. And um, how that ties in. And then I think Damon probably really wants to know about how double chicken please considers itself a design studio that intermeshes with F&B and hospitality. So let's come back and keep talking to Jian Chan and Fei Chen from Double Chicken Please, number one on 50 Best North America. Stay tuned. This episode is supported by HRN business member Food Karma Projects, dedicated to community building by creating unique food events that showcase the best local food, chefs, beer, and wine. Get fired up for the return of Rib King NYC for a full day of delicious fun at the ultimate Memorial Day barbecue and live music event featuring two sets of jammed out funk and blues mashups. It all takes place on Saturday, May 27th at Industry City in Brooklyn, New York. To purchase tickets or for more information, visit ribkingnyc.com. Food Karma Project supports HRN's creative, educational reporting and storytelling that drives conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Every glass of wine tells a story. And these stories reveal hidden histories, flavors, passions, and sometimes they unravel our darkest desires. In Wine Enthusiast's newest podcast, Vinfamous, Journalist Ashley Smith dissects the underbelly of the wine world. We hear from the people who know what it means when the product of love and care becomes the source of greed, arson, even murder. Each episode takes listeners into the mysterious and historic world of winemaking and the crimes that have since become, well, infamous. This podcast pairs well with wine lovers, history nerds, and crime junkies. So grab a glass of your favorite and follow the podcast to join as we delve into the twists and turns behind the all-time most shocking wine crimes. Follow Vinfamous on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and be sure to follow the show so you never miss a scandal. New episodes drop every other Wednesday. Cheers. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network, and we've been talking with the team from Double Chicken, Please. And so I haven't been there yet, um uh, yeah i know uh when i get back to new york next time i will definitely it's it's high up on my list it was high up on my list before uh before the number one yeah so now that i'm now that we know each other at least i'll have a chance of getting in um <laughs> i'll give you plenty of notice but uh you mentioned before uh that the uh, in some of our notes, you mentioned that it's a design studio. Uh, so I, I'm, uh, I have a degree in design, and uh, can you kind of expand on that? What do you what do you mean by that? Uh, the design studio is a bar. 
So I studied industrial design uh, back in Taiwan when I was in college. And in college, I met my best friend. Uh, his nickname is Turkey. <laughs> and my, nick, my, my nickname in Taiwan, everybody call each other nickname. My Faye is Faye's nickname. It's not his her real name, but we call each other nickname for some reason. So GN is my nickname too. And uh, it's actually stands for something like chicken fillet in Mandarin. So <laughs> me and Turkey, we both are chicken-ish. That's why before we graduate, I thought we're going to open a design studio together. So I named it Double Chicken Please. So that's the oh. name for the design studio originally, which didn't happen 15 years ago. When I moved to New York, um, start with bartending and all this. When I was thinking to open the place, I still want to bring this name back, you know, um, because for me, everything starts with design. And sure. um, so I, I named Double Chicken Place. So I designed the interior and the cocktail. If you see our logo, our symbol is a cocktail spoon, and uh, there's a cocktail glass it means cocktail in the middle there's a, a screwdriver and a pencil that means design so it's design and cocktail and then turkey design all the graphic all the painting everything in the place so he still work with us as an in-house designer to do all this art and design and that's also our future plan we we have a lot of design and art uh, stuff coming up soon in a collaboration um so yeah we still want to run this place as a design studio, uh, but we start with food and beverage. You know, that a lot, most of in this world, how this world works, most likely is you get into film or music industry, and then you pivot back to do, um, to do clothing or app, uh, apparel, and then you come back in to do hospitality. But we are starting with hospitality and we want to explore more. So um, it's a little different route, but we're just trying our best to see if that if that works. That's very cool. I love it. You also mentioned something about being a magician. I also dabble in magic. I can make drinks disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so, how uh, tell us about that? <laughs> well, I think magician. It's something I love. It's something you you, you love to give people a, a surprise in a way. You love to showcase what you have been practicing about, you know, uh, it's a showmanship. And I think that can really apply to bartender, especially in the U.S. Because in the U.S., we, um, we only have tip system. So in a way, compared to Asia, compared to Europe, in, in the U.S., I think bartender is more like an entertainer. You really need to entertain your guests. You need to interact with your guests. No matter it's the language you use, no matter it's the, the, the showmanship you show them. So it's actually really exciting and really fun. I think that's just one of the big things why i so in love with bartending because I just love serving people. Uh, not necessarily a trick. I don't, I don't necessarily think a trick is necessary anymore. It's more like uh, the experience you give it to them. Um, uh, and the product you give it to them, you serve them to custom the thing for people to make them feel special, to make them feel their time is worthy and they have a memorable experience. I think that's pretty much it. Very cool. Um, so I also have another magic trick. I can I can Irish goodbye pretty good as well. I can make myself disappear. You make yourself disappear. <laughs> um, hopefully not without uh, paying the tab. But uh, <laughs> So I, yeah, I love that because it's performance is what you're seeing. You know, like yeah. I, I definitely know that we talk about this a lot. Like when you're behind the bar, you're kind of on stage, right? Mm -hmm. And 
that's uh it's the whole experience really is what it all comes down to we're providing an experience you can customers can go anywhere that in they can go to the bodega on the corner and buy a six pack of beer or a bottle of wine or you know whatever it is that they're take it back home and drink for a lot less money than they would go into any of our bars but it's all about the experience what you're paying for really is the experience mm -hmm. and so yeah it's like you have to it's important to to always remember that it's it's you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than just what's in the glass, you know? For right. sure. Faye, do you think that maybe um, the design of the cocktails, which are mostly inspired, is it mostly or is it all inspired by food? Um, do you think that that maybe plays into this sort of magic thing? And, 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 and you know, both of you are in Bacardi Legacy, uh, both of you are winners in that, I believe. Um, did you use any of those kind of things uh, when you were competing? You know, like, I, I feel like, I've been to Double Chicken Please now twice, and I feel like the drinks are a little bit of a um, a little bit of a magic trick, right? You get it in your hand, and you it looks like one thing, and it tastes like another. Yeah, uh, I competed Bacardi Legacy year before on uh, GN. I was in uh, was 2015, and GN was 2016. Mm -hmm. So the when I competed Legacy, my drink was not exactly what. Uh, DCP's concept right now, especially the uh, Double Chin Police back room, which we call it the coupe. Uh, mine is more a little more like a, the front room concept, if I would say. You know, we're still utilizing a little bit of ideas from that drink into our uh, one of our tap tail right now. Yeah, so, but definitely I would say the concept based on drink inspiring, uh, sorry, fruit inspiring. So we kind of like deconstructing all the dishes and put it back into a drink form. That's definitely... Uh, a one way of showcasing our design. Yeah, but that's not the only way uh, how we make drinks, how we do drinks, how we, uh, you know, think about cocktails. There's a, a lot of different way, but we definitely wanted to utilize that as our design background to show, hey, you know, the drink could be designed in this way, in that way. You know, I can put a French toast into liquid. I can put, a, you know, red gravy into liquid, you know, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Can you talk about maybe a specific drink on the menu that you're kind of the most proud of or one that's uh, maybe pretty popular or even the opposite, one that maybe isn't as popular as you wish it was and, and you, you wish your audience would, would snap into it? Mm. I think my favorite one on the menu right now is definitely the one called cold pizza. Cold you know, pizza, I'm not yeah. very a big pizza eater. I can't say that because since here's New York, everybody's going to yeah, hate you me. Live in New York. <laughs> like, you're not New York, you don't eat pizza, but like, I'm sorry, I'm still trying it. You know, I I do like pizza once in a while, but just not every day. I'm just I'm not like a big pizza eater by New York standards. I only have it like once a week. It's practically yeah, exactly. like that's the that's like the Des Moines equivalent of having it once a year, basically. Oh, Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I definitely love that drink. So yeah, talk about its construction and 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 its presentation. Uh, paint a picture for the audience to to hear. Yeah, you know, like when you <clears throat> at night and you don't want to go to a pizza shop, you're so lazy, and then you order like the delivery, and then they only deliver you the whole pie. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> I can't finish the whole pie, right? Yeah. So I had like a couple uh, times sure. experience. It's just like you know, I got home, I'm a little drunk, I'm so hungry, there's nothing to eat. I order pie of pizza. I was like, okay, let me try some pizza, and I take it two bites and I pass out, and then. You end up on my counter, and then you wake up the next day, and that is a pint of cold pizza, right? And you're still hungry, right. so you're just like, but you're like rushing to work, you know, got to 
prepare. Of course, you gotta make yourself a cup of coffee. But then you know, okay, let me just take a couple bite of this pizza from last night. Yeah, so that's pretty much the idea of the cold pizza. And then、uh, we use a tequila as base. You know,、uh, then we infuse with cheese in the tequila and also some of the burnt toast. We literally、uh, burn the toast in the oven. You know, make it to kind of semi burn, not real burn, burn ish, and then we infuse all of that together, and then we make、uh, Thai basil、uh, and lime into a cordial. So we have Thai basil lime cordial, yeah, and then we mix with uh, fresh uh, tomato water and a little touch of egg white. Yeah, that's how the I,、uh, drink was made. I I relate to this drink so so heavily. <laughs>、uh, <laughs> like this is this is perfect for me. And you know what? Okay, so I I have to say like more cheese cocktails, please. Okay, <laughs> like seriously, because I I had a blue cheese cocktail. I mean, like we know like blue cheese stuff dollars, but this was like a straight up blue cheese cocktail in San Sebastian. And I was like, man. Not enough cheese cocktails. So yeah, this is great.、Um, I'm all about this cocktail for so many reasons. And I, you know, I was just looking around your cocktail menu before the show, and I saw that one, and I was like, I'm glad you asked about it, Souther. Yeah,、uh, because it's really cool. But also, well, because I think it's fascinating, and I think that you know, until you're at the door at Double Chicken Please, it's hard to get an idea of what's going on in there. So I'm glad to have you guys on and talking about it to to our audience that, that maybe doesn't have a chance to come to New York. Um, yeah. yeah, I think one thing、uh, in the school what I learned from design is like how you make people to relate themselves to your、uh, product, and I think that's a big thing we try to implement in Double Chicken Please. The thing we do, the, the product we offer, or everything we do, we try to have a way for people to relate to it. Their、uh, their personal experience. For example, the, the the menu in the back the, in the coop is more like food inspired. Is because nothing tastes better than nostalgia. So if you have kind of memory relate to all these food item, you might have a、uh, you might have a taste in your mouth before you even order it. You know, it's just like you know you think you you can relate. You know what you're gonna expect for. And then when you get it, it's in a different form. It's still surprising in a way. And no matter you 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 like the flavor or not, but this is something we try to make people also remember what they have drink. You know, easy to associate to remember. So,、uh, it's also a, a strategy to 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 do. For example, a lot of our drinks have a graphic on it. No matter it's a pizza drink on top, have a small hand holding a a, a slice of pizza, which is like a.、Uh, Sticky rice paper, something like that. So we、uh, apply a lot of graphic in our drink. That's also a, a trick for people to remember, to remember in a different, not just the flavor, but also graphic, also visual.、Uh, so to complete the whole experience and、uh, to relate to people. I always say that with drinks, and when it comes to food and beverage, you can smell the food before you see it, right? So like、yeah. your first. Since you're using is olfactory, but with drinks, most of the time it's visual first. So you should always make sure that your drinks look amazing and, and memorable. I, I like the classic section on your cocktail menu too because、mm -hmm. there's some. You've got an aviation, a sazerac, and a moscow mule, and you leave that name as it is. But there are obvious riffs.、Um, for instance,、yeah. the the aviation has it has gin and 
uh, maraschino or lemon and creme de violette, but there's also clarified milk. But you could have just named that something else new, but it's, I like that you kind of like, you're kind of playing with the idea of what this classic is, just kind of tweaking it and then kind of leave that name. But then, you know, the Moscow mule that you make is with, you know, Moscow mule is, is vodka and ginger beer, right? But yeah. you did something really cool with this. And it reminds me of a dish I make at home with eggplant. I always do a honey, miso and ginger glaze on the eggplant. And so in this Moscow mule, I'm like, this is like, for once, I want to order a, a vodka drink, um, which is rare for me. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's Grey Goose honey miso and ginger beer. That's brilliant. It, like, what a cool way of thinking about that that ginger component and taking it completely to another place. Um, so I, I love that. It's just really cool. It's fun. It's playful. The dirty margarita. Um, you've Italicus, which is one of my favorite spirits out there. Um, for you and she so and olive like in a margarita it's like it's cool very cool thank you so it's just like a lot of a lot of playfulness but also it's just you know I, like i can't wait to go there i'm sorry i'm the only one that has to um, <laughs> no, no but, just, but then one more thing is like you have a house shot which is the dcp house shot which is mezcal with plum and shiso i mean i i think like my bar has the hard start it's for net rock and bronca menta and like it's kind of gone out beyond the bar and served in a bunch of other places and like i i love the idea of having a house shot because it kind of takes it brings the fun back into the cocktail bar that has for many years been kind of like a somewhat sometimes stuffy and uh too serious at times you know, uh, but bringing a house shot into like a, a, a classy cocktail bar is like, I, I think everyone should have a house shot. I mean, that's that should be the first thing you, you have when you walk in <laughs> and the last <laughs> thing before you walk out. Um, so, yeah, very cool stuff here. Can you talk Thank to you. us about um, I know we've talked about the coop a lot, but um, I couldn't talk about the front room um, mm -hmm. because it's more of a. This is kind of like when you first walk in, it's a little bit more casual, right? And you have a lot of uh, draft cocktails, correct? Yes. Or all draft cocktails. Yes. Yeah. So um, the whole place actually is also pay a homage uh, when, when you're in Taiwan. There's a, when we are young, there's a bubble tea shop. And behind the bubble tea shop is a design studio. So the whole place is a little bit pay, paying the homage of that place because um, Bay and me, we grew up in Taiwan. We are basically drinking bubble tea grow up. You know? So for us, the tap cocktail concept is a little bit similar to a, a bubble tea shop, but in a different way. So the ingredients we use, um, the the way we make the drinks is we try to keep it simple, but still have a character inside. But something's on the lower ABV side, something easygoing, something... Uh, Mostly our highball, basically highball format, depends on what kind of is carbonation or is nitro, but overall it's a highball format. So the whole overall vibe is more young, fast, and just really vivid, you know, just very energetic. That's the vibe we want to give people to have a contrast to the background as well. But I, I personally, I do really like the, the draft tail. You know, when we opened during, in the middle of COVID, People ask us, say, did you guys design this for COVID? Because it's really clean 
You don't touch anything. You don't touch garnish. There's nothing, and you just hand out a drink. And people enjoy it that way. We were kind of surprised, but we said, "Yeah, that works." <laughs> but yeah. I mean, we, we yeah, just of really we designed it that way. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wasn't our intention, but I, I love how people just like associate with that, and we said, "Well, that actually makes sense," and we're glad our we do it that way. Also, the tap drink, it just uh, I like the simplicity of it. It's just simple. But not we didn't cut any corner. The, the the flavor and the ingredient is also something we really put our heart and soul to develop. It's it's not it's not easier than develop the drink in the background. You know, it's it's pretty much equal. Uh, but the the way we do it and the the way we present it, we try to make it as simple as possible. It just want to make everybody feel comfortable to to drink it to enjoy it. Uh, you don't need to. Holding certain glassware, you feel uncomfortable. You don't need to feel, oh, this looks girly, or this looks manly, or like it's just everything is really uh, consistent and, and and simple, so everybody can enjoy it. So, well, I, I, I would I would impose that you know simple uh, final step, right? Getting it to the guest, pulling it off the tap, and handing it to them—that's the simple. But it's still equally as complex and thoughtful. Everything you're doing up in the front room as all the things you're doing in the back room. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just sort of a, they don't get to see behind the curtain. Yeah, a lot of work goes in before it goes into the keg. <laughs> yeah, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of front loading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to touch on with you guys is uh, it looks to me like you're kind of starting to um, put together some sort of an educational platform that you want to share with, uh, with F&B and, and maybe everybody. Can you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean... We, we we have a, this plan for a long time since we opened DCP. We just really, uh, because that's how we used to do it when we in Asia and how we, how we pre-COVID as well. Pre-COVID, uh, people usually get together, try to learn things, try to be nerd together, you know, try to like figure out some technical problem with the drinks or sometimes we talk about uh, the bigger issue about the industry. And we just really miss that. We miss the, the tightness of the community and then we all put in some opinion together and try to make them better. No matter it's service, no matter it's drink, no matter it's a concept, no matter it's a bigger picture thing, uh, the, the problem we are facing as a whole in its industry. We just really hope... Um, we can create a platform or offer a space uh, to to host that. You know, uh, we were thinking to do this maybe once every season at different places. Um, so we can also have a couple of guest speakers come to talk about uh, whatever the theme we've, we come up for that time. And then follow up with a small like gathering uh, cocktail happy hour party, you know, just for everybody to, to mingle. Because I think in New York, our community is not, not tight. It's just because we have a really big community. The community in New York is just bigger than a lot of different city. So I think uh, we also uh, really hope we have this kind of, uh, platform and opportunity for getting everybody together and we talk about something and then we all like uh, try to try to understand each other more as well yeah basically so that's just something it, it, unless it's a long shot we slowly slowly try to like pitch in the idea and then organize this um, um, so we take our time but hopefully that's something we can achieve in the near future for sure 
I mean, it sounds outstanding. You know, there there are other organizations that that do those sorts of things, but I feel like maybe they um, don't cater to the right sort of mindset in a lot of ways. I don't want to call anybody out, uh, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, especially, yeah. especially, I want to say because after COVID, a lot of things changed. The oh, yeah. the thing we have learned before COVID and the thing we how can we apply that after COVID is a very different. Even like kitchen kitchen system, you know, uh, hiring kitchen, everything. So we, for us, it's more like we want to share our experience and also learn from other people how you deal with this problem and how can if there's something happened again or down the road, how can we do it better? We often do our own internal, almost small tales. We do like a retreat for our employees, for our staff. So in the in the retreat, we also talk about what's our vision as a company, uh, um, what is what is marketing, and how marketing applied to Double Chicken Please, and what is event design, and how event design applied to Double Chicken Please. Uh, how's what's the cocktail making? All of these things we want to share with our team member. You know, to join a bar, a, t- a team, you can be a host, you can be a bartender, you can be a server, you can be a runner. But if you want, it can be everything. Because that's how me and Faye grew up. Start from the bottom and learn everything. And now we run a place, own a bar. And we do think if we can do it, everybody can do it. Especially we are two kids from Taiwan. At the beginning, we don't even speak English. And now we are handling a team, speak six different languages, try to make things work. It's difficult, but we stick with it. We're still doing it. <laughs> and we just feel like maybe there's a thing we can, you know, we want to learn from everybody. Like I constantly go out, like I, during Best 50, I, I, I asked so many questions to Jordi's, the GM of uh, Katana Keaton. I said, how did you guys do it? Like, like, what's the program you guys have? Like, I'm just so curious and want to know and want to grow and want to do better. Well, and then look, you, you eclipsed them, right? You, you got number one and they got, they were number three this year, right? <laughs> so I guess Jordan's gave you too much, uh, too much Intel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very different style, but, but yeah, just oh, like, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's great. And that's, you know, I think that you, you're definitely right. New York city being as large as it is, the community is, we all know each other. We know of each other, but I don't think we know each other well. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, trying to get a, a, a regular gathering together um, of like-minded people is a great idea. You know, I've been doing something like that since the pandemic as well. At more, since we grew into the larger space, every two months or so, we have an educational event where we, where we invite all uh, bartenders to come and, and, and hang out with us. And, uh, you know, we usually get maybe some pizza, they, um, <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll have someone there to do an educational uh, component for us and and then we can powwow and hang out together afterwards. And um, it's been pretty successful so far. We usually get around 40 to 45 people to come. So love to, you know, fold you guys into that group as well, or, or be Please a part do. of your, or be a part of your group when, when it formulates itself. So um, I'm all for it. You know, uh, education is, is the key to, I think literally everything um, that we as humans do, the more education we can get about whatever it is we're passionate about, the better. So I'm excited to hear and see that you guys are spearheading something and I, I'll champion it as much as I can. Thank you. I'm I'm starving looking at this menu. Um, <laughs> no, I'm seriously like I was just thinking about. You know, we don't we don't need to drink alcohol, but we need to eat. Uh, so like it's yeah. another kind of like interesting, kind of like 
I don't know. There's something enticing about the the food inspired menu, but it, it is making me want to eat a lot of food and also get drunk. Uh, I'll just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not both? I like getting this drunk. Is like, <laughs> this is like the genesis or the uh, like the, the the kind of like uh, evolution of the Jello shot. You know, like we started with edible Jello shots, and now it's like we've taken it to the other end of the spectrum uh, with these cocktails and double chicken yeah. things. As we as we, kind of, as we kind of wrap up, Faye or, or GM, either one or both of you, have you had any um, failures is the wrong word. Have you had any ones that didn't go the way you wanted them to go? Have you had any ones that made it to the menu and were surely either misunderstood or, or just not ordered by the public? What what ones could you, could you point out that kind of didn't make it? I think during the R&D process, we definitely have a lot of drinks that didn't make it on the menu. Yeah. yeah, we try many, many drinks before. Uh, way before DCP opened, uh, we had a, like I live in downtown, has this like very tiny, 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 tiny New York apartment, as everybody knows. And then we just do all the R&Ds in the little kitchen. Also, Gian's uh, apartment too. You know, it's like very tiny kitchen and we're just trying to do all the R&D. Anything that we're doing right now, like a fat washing or milk washing and stuff like that. So we definitely have a lot of drinks that didn't make it to the menu or we what we will want it to, you know, finish one day. It just maybe we could stuck at some point and then we maybe, you know, try some other drinks and, you know. I think that there was one we tried to make before. I think it was the Vietnamese pho. <laughs> <laughs> the sure. pho yeah. Yeah, like a, me and Jim, we love the dish. We love pho so much. Like we can mm-hmm. have it like, I don't know, maybe three times or four times a week. No problem. Yeah, so we definitely wanted to just try to make something that we like into a drink. Yeah, I think that was like R&D for a bit and then it was kind of stopped at some point. Yeah, maybe in the future you will hop on a menu. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, I feel you on that so hard. It's so you get those white whales sometimes where you're like, oh, I really want to make this these these flavors into this format. And mm-hmm. you just make yourself crazy for years. But but when you inevitably crack the code, and I'm sure the two of you will, uh, it's such a satisfying experience. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. You're like, where's my Nobel Prize? I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for the front drink, tap drink, you know, we used to have this drink. Uh, it's one of my favorite. It's, it's almost like a michelada, like ojo rojo, like a clamato. We clarify the clamato with yuzu, with mezcal, with a little bit touch absinthe. And for me, is I don't, I'm not a drinker. I cannot drink alcohol, but I just really love the flavor. I like that savoriness, that refreshing, that's kind of spicy from a jalapeno. But somehow it doesn't sell. It just like, it broke my heart. It's just like, why? Why people doesn't like it? I was like so confused. But I said, this is one of the best drink ever I have ever created. And then why does it sell? But it is the nature, I guess. It's just always like that. It's you know, it could also just be, frankly, timing. You know, pull it off the menu, yeah. bring it back in a different season, maybe change the name slightly. It, there's all kinds of factors, I think, that fold in. Um, for sure. But, uh, for sure. yeah, you know, the R&D is, um, uh, for me, and I assume for you and for all of us, the R&D is oftentimes frustrating um, but it also yields the best rewards you know nothing nothing cool is easy if, if, it, if it was very difficult for you to do then it, it probably is cool right that's true man this just reminds me of this we had this shrimp paste curry cocktail at grand army Ooh. about like <laughs> five years ago or six years ago nice. and it was so awesome and 
but it was so weird for a lot of people. So like, right. <laughs> once, right. You, once you had it, you were like, oh, this yeah. is okay. I get it now. And it, yeah. But uh, it was like, it, it was like the hardest thing to make. Um, there was a lot of prep involved and it was, uh, it was incredible, but you know what, after, uh, you know, double chicken, please winning, uh, the best bar in North America, uh, maybe people, maybe it's time to bring that cocktail back. That's right. Cause maybe <laughs> yeah. it's time now for it. You know, <laughs> that's the theme for grand army's next menu is uh seafood shrimp paste, all shrimp paste. All cocktails. Shrimp paste. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, re- that reminds me is we used to have this drink. We wanted to put on menu. We actually do a test round in Asia and you know, everybody like it. But we, when we did a test round in, uh, U.S. It's like everybody's like, uh. so that drinks contains this uh, ingredients called uh, Southern Year's Egg. Have you heard it before? Century like, Egg, yeah, yeah. Century Egg, like C- dark century egg. egg. Yeah. Century Egg, yeah. And then that just like uh, if you don't know, if you don't really like that kind of food, you would straight think that's so fishy. You know, like right. some smells fishy, tastes fishy, and it's just weird to a lot of people here. So we had to like remove from the menu because it's too challenging. Yeah. Oh man, but I now I want to try that too. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna get off the <laughs> air so I can book a flight to New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. We'd love to host yeah. you. Oh, here in yeah, time for lunch. Absolutely. Um, you know, I just want to say thanks again for being on the show today. I know you're uh, you're busy people. I know that um, you're probably have a lot of uh, other interview requests coming through especially after winning this awesome award so thank you again for taking the time to be here with us today and uh and again congratulations what a cool thing to to do like to have happen uh it's like it's where where do you go from here you know (laughs) where do you go from number one with 50 best i think you just open up another it's like it's it's time to open up another one you know just uh next concept (laughs) double double chicken please Double, double, chicken, chicken, please, please. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Grace, and you, Sother. Thank you, Damon. Uh, just hope to see you guys at Double Chicken, please, again soon. And, yeah, thank you for having us again. And hopefully we can do a lot of fun things together in the future. Yeah, we're definitely going to. Yeah. Um, for sure. Absolutely. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Everyone go check out Double Chicken, please. Uh, number one bar in North America. That's I that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, yeah. Definitely go check it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be back in the swing of things. I had a great uh, honeymoon vacation, but I'm glad to see you guys. Glad to be back in the studio with you. And uh, I know that we've got some new and exciting stuff coming up, like today's show and and for the summer season. So I'm really excited to be here. And Greg, I think you had some some news about uh, Speakeasy as well. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of cool things that are coming up in the future, uh, we are launching actually as as of as of airtime, we have launched our new Speakeasy Patreon. Uh, so this Ooh. is us just uh, putting out a little tip jar on the bar in front of everybody. Um, we're super happy to keep doing this show to everybody for free. I love doing it. I think of it as a little, you know, a little, a little public service that I can do in my otherwise very profligate lifestyle, and. Um, Really, really happy that this uh, is able to go out to everybody and just, you know, provide a little enjoyment for people with with no 
price tag attached. But we figured, you know, why not put out a little tip jar and give people a little bit of extra fun stuff. So if you join our Patreon, we have a couple different tiers, but they all get you all the same fun perks. They get you 30 extra minutes of content with each one of our guests. And uh, every month you're going to get a newsletter that's not only going to have a little sort of where are they now section about the guests that we have coming on uh, in that past month, but they're also going to have recipes inspired by what some of our guests are talking about. And I'm personally already really excited to see what we're going to come up with after talking with Faye and GN here today. So if you want to see what that is, uh, subscribe to our Patreon and you'll get that delivered to your inbox in early June. Outstanding. Cool. Right on. Thanks for setting that up, Greg. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And uh, and be sure to tune in next week as well when we have uh, Aaron Gregory Smith from uh, the national chapter of the USBG on to talk about some really interesting initiatives that they have going on, including trying to crack the uh, the code of figuring out how to give people uh, good and adequate health care in the spirits industry. So yeah. something that I get up on a soapbox about a lot. So I'm excited to hear what they've got going on and what they're cooking up over there. Very yeah. cool. All right. Well, it, that's it for the speakies of this week. Uh, check out our Patreon. Check out Double Chicken, please. And until next week, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. So you don't shun the devil. With the speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food and drink radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org/slash subscribe. Get you